This, for some reason, like, Wonder Woman reminds me of the Spice World movie. Oh, because they, like, get changed. Because, like, Jerry changes, and she, beca- she like, is dressed as Wonder Woman, I think. And then she gets into a phone booth, and she does the spin, and then she comes out, and she's Bob Hoskins. I love it. It's such a weird... Spice World is a really good movie, and Jerry, I think, holds the fashion for that. Like, when you think Spike- Spice Girls, you think of her, her like, Union uh-huh. Jack dress. With yeah, yeah. Platforms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That movie is so fucking weird. That movie is really fun, and I love it, and it holds up for me. Oh, man, Megan, it's time to watch The Muppets. We did watch The Muppets. We watched the Linda Carter episode of The Muppet Show airing in the UK on February 22nd, 1980, and in the US on February 14th, 1980. Wonder Woman! So I did a quick deep dive before we started watching this episode earlier today, and I found out that Wonder Woman... The TV series had ended in seventy in like September of seventy nine. So this is her like, this is a you know a, a gig fresh after the series had wrapped and everything. Just weeks before this, she had her own variety show. This is probably why she couldn't wear the Wonder Woman outfit or anything on the variety show. That was the last time that she ever wore the Wonder Woman costume because I was kind of surprised that she didn't wear it either. With how much everyone else is dressed as superheroes. And this is another fully charged superhero episode. I think that this is almost more charged than the Christopher Reeve episode. I think that they wrote this episode before they knew what the limitations were for her. Yeah. In at, like it, And the Wonder Woman uh-huh. franchise, I guess. I think, yeah, it seems like maybe... I wonder if... She didn't want to wear the uniform, or if she wasn't allowed to. Have I would it, assume you know. she wasn't. Maybe she didn't want. But but you know. why wouldn't she wear the uniform? The whole episode, like Piggy wears the uniform. Oh, you're right. So it's present. It's so then present. maybe it's just she didn't want to do it. You know, or she couldn't. Or yeah, I feel or, like she yeah. couldn't. But yeah. because the way that they have okay, this episode is very strange to me, and I'm sure we'll dive into it. But uh-huh. right off the bat. She's standing off stage looking on to the stage in many scenes in this episode. And I find it to be strange. We haven't seen much of that. The last time we saw that, I think, was in the Phyllis George episode. But that was an episode where they were. You mean a Phyllis Cup episode? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to go into the Phyllis Cup? I think I somehow forgot about that bit already. (laughs) But, like, yeah, I think the last time we saw that really was in the Phyllis George episode when she was doing the award show, you know? So, like, it made more sense to have some scenes in the wings of the theater, you know? But this is, you're right, there's a lot of her, like, watching the show happening. Very interesting that you used the the word wings in the theater setting. Mm -hmm. And then last week you mentioned one of my favorite actors, Jackie Hoffman. Uh Now, I saw her in a one-woman show at this tiny little theater in Chelsea, and it was called... um, Oh, my God. It was called Fruma Sarah Waiting in the Wings. Mm -hmm. And it was about... The character Fruma Sarah in Fiddler on the Roof, who is laser, who's Laser Wolf's <laughs> dead wife. Okay. So one of one of um, what's his name's daughters are gonna marry. They they you know there's match made weddings yeah, match or whatever. Maker, matchmaker, matchmaker, matchmaker. Uh-huh. Yeah. Never seen the show. I know all these little things somehow though. <laughs> and um, basically, one of the daughters is set to marry. The butcher's son, Laser uh-huh. Wolf. And um, she, you know, falls in love with somebody else or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, they are him and... Uh, why am I forgetting the main character's name? The titular fiddler. 
The no no no, it's not Fiddler. It's what it's what's his name? The uh Zero Mistel's character. Oh my god, how am I forgetting? I just have the name Hava in my head. Hold on. Hava Nagila? No, Hava leaves the family at the end. She she doesn't marry. Uh she marries like a soldier. Um uh, blah 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 blah. Tevya. Jesus Christ, how did I Tevya. forget Tevya? Um so Tev Tevya's daughter, anyway. So Tevya and his wife are laying in bed uh-huh. and they're haunted by the ghost of Fruma Sarah, who is Laser Wolf's wife. And it's like she's flies through the air, but it's like <laughs> it's literally Jackie Hoffman on a on, on a swing uh-huh. attached to go fly up and her just <laughs> talking about like waiting. And then like you hear her sometimes like you'll hear like the play going on in the background uh-huh. and then she like sings some of the songs and then she like it's, it was a very funny play That's so weird. yeah but i never but before that show waiting in the wings i was like oh that's a theater reference and i'm telling you I took like studio drama. Mm-hmm. I took whatever. You like were, you literally had waited in wings at some point. And I'm I just sure. like I guess I just ign- my ADD brain or whatever uh-huh. just like ignored, glossed over. I just was trying to be like, okay, what's the difference between stage right and stage left and downstage and upstage? Like uh-huh. which which are, which is which? Yeah, it's so good. You're just worried about yeah. the performance yeah. than like <laughs> everything else. Anyway, that was just a random story that had nothing to do with anything except Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> And Jackie Hoffman. Well, then why don't we get things started? Yeah, why don't we? Why don't you get things started? I don't think you said that in the last episode. <laughs> Cold open. Scooter and Linda Carter discuss the script. Scooter tries to claim that everything on the show is spontaneous. You can read my mind. I'm not reading your mind. I'm reading my script. Huh? What? Oh, no, no. Kermit wouldn't allow a script on this show. Everything we say on here is ad lib. I liked this bit a lot. I feel like they've done this a couple times now, though. This season, even. I feel like they've done this at least three times. The, like, reading the script and finding out how they're, you know. Well, they did it with Liza O'Shaughnessy. Yes, they did. (laughs) Yeah. Liza, we're going to be late. So then, during the Muppet Show theme, I didn't mention, I haven't mentioned this in a little while because I just found them fine, but I loved when Gonzo blew his horn and then he pulled it out of his mouth and his teeth were stuck to it. Oh my god, I need to post a picture. I have a, I have a picture, even on my phone, I probably won't be able to find it right now, of like my grandmother's dentures just <laughs> sitting on the table. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, oh, those are my teeth. And Don't then, mind them. And then like, <laughs> also what I think is funny about dentures is like when she doesn't glue them in and she's talking to you and, and they then they're like, like, they're like coming <laughs> out of her mouth. <laughs> Jennifer Saunders in a French and Saunders sketch dresses as Cher and she's selling wigs. Like mm-hmm. it's like... It's like a wig commercial, <laughs> and she's, like, changing all her wigs or whatever, and then at the end, she's, like, singing, and then her fucking dentures <laughs> as Cher. I'm like, that's so funny. It's so rude, but so funny. Now they have veneers. You don't need dentures. No, you don't need them. <laughs> so Miss Piggy interrupts Kermit's introduction to say that he forgot to mention the sketch she was appearing in later. Kermit tells Piggy that he didn't forget. He just didn't feel it was life or death importance. Ms. Piggy asks, are you sure about that? Kermit announces the upcoming Wonder Pig sketch. Isn't it great to be alive? <laughs> asks, ironically, Miss Piggy. Asks, ironically, Miss Piggy. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. We're j- you've gone. You've moved ahead. And in the cold open, does Linda Carter call Scooter Scoots or is that later? 
She calls him Scoots. Okay, yeah. because I have in my She's notes. Like, oh, hey, Scoots. I think this is a good name for Scooter because it reminds me of when a dog or a cat rubs their <laughs> butt on a carpet. So actually, his name is Scoots. This is the act of rubbing a butt on the carpet. Yeah, he, he yeah. is definitely that. Oh, he's got the Scoots. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I just had to rewind back to that. Just continually knocking Scooter down. <laughs> he's a booger, except for that one thing that he did, which is epic. And... That fucking coat. I want that coat. I know, it's a very good coat. A group of idol-worshipping pigs sacrificed Janice in a sort I was hilariously... I was filled hysterical. with torches. It was very funny because you see her, they're talking about human sacrifice, which right away I was uh, like, oh, the conspiracy theorists back then were probably like, I knew it! Hollywood's all about Satanism. And the idol kind of looks like Sam the Eagle a little it, yeah. bit. It looks like that thing from that kid's show. Hidden Temple. The Hidden Temple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ovac. But he's but I love that Janice is playing music and while she she's little, trapped. You see, she like kinda sits up a little bit and she grabs her sticks and she's like Ding Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, like well and then she sings in the sketch, which I thought was cool. I think Janice would totally be down with being a ritual sacrifice. Like, well, I'll totally be ritually sacrificed. <laughs> You're doing um, Quinn from <laughs> Quinn's friend it. from Daria. Oh, the, like, Sandy. Sandy, that's you it. Queen. Yeah, you Quinn. <clears throat> so the pigs are odd when the idol comes to life. Janice sings a little help from. I forgot that this. Yeah, it she sings a little help from my friends as the electric mayhem rescue her. To the great displeasure of the I hungry think idol. This is one of two Beatles songs. And uh, wait, is it? Get by with a little help from my friends. I think is originally a Beatles song. Yeah, yeah, and then of and then course Joe, Joe Cocker does the famous version for the Wonder Years theme song and everything. Yeah, but I I'd argue that Joe Cocker's version is superior. Oh, absolutely, based solely on the fact that John Belushi does an incredible impression of it on <laughs> SNL as well. Absolutely, right? but just it, Joe uh, Joe Pesci. Oh my God, John Belushi. <laughs> <imagine>. <laughs> if Joe Pesci was does John Joe Belushi? Pesci have an impersonation of John Belushi? I don't know. Remember when they just replaced John Belushi with Jim Belushi? Like, it was the same Barf. thing? Like, Barf. Oh, no, this is the same. Anyway. Um, j- just watching Joe Cocker do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even need to make fun of him. No. He is insane yeah. to watch. It insane. reminds me, it's it, on par with, like, when we were watching Dizzy. When oh, we were watching shit, Dizzy yeah. Gillespie play the trumpet. And you're just like, this is otherworldly. Yeah. And, like, everything that he does, everything about this performance is essential to getting that performance. And with Joe Cocker, it's that same thing. Yeah. Like, if he wasn't writhing interestingly like that, yeah. I don't know that the impact would be there. And his voice. Like, yeah. what he can do with his voice is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it is arguably a much better song by him than... it. Like, the, like, the tone shifts of the song. And it feels more like personal uh-huh. and important and stuff it's more versus impactful. like the lend me your ear yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like you can That's hear the Beatles impersonation the guitar up to your chin you yeah. know if you try not to sing it you know like yeah. it's yeah it's definitely dumber from the Beatles yeah. than it is from Joe Cocker. I think you're conflating old old Beatles and specifically Paul McCartney with that mm-hmm. song but that's okay I'll, I'll allow it <laughs> lend me your ear but I love how they even in the Muppet show they were like get high I'm telling you like they, <laughs> I they are that would have been like change yeah yeah because they could have just said goodbye again yeah. or something yeah i get no, high with like, a little help get high yep don't worry yep. about it and you know what they were talking about they weren't talking about like get high like clem mountain oh the electric mayhem we're definitely talking about getting fucked up yeah yeah no lsd 
what are ludes? Remember, they were doing about, those, right? Yeah, they were doing quaaludes. <laughs> get crunked up, get crunked up. Remember that song? No. Oh my what god. What is that? It's here, it's here. My correspondence course. Your correspondence course? How to be a superhero. <sighs> yeah, it comes complete with a helmet, a cape, a red shirt, and an instruction book called Invincibility Made Easy. I don't believe that. Well, I'm doing it because Wonder Woman's on our show. No, no, no. Linda Carter is on our show. She's not going to play Wonder Woman tonight. Well, that's just as well. There'll be plenty of superheroes around. <laughs> what do you mean, plenty? Well, everybody's taking the course. I did love how ridiculous all of their costumes looked. Like, Fozzie has on a cape and, like, a wizard hat. I was going to say. With, like, wings also on his cape. It, it's, it's, it's very busy. It, <laughs> the thing is, they're dressed as wizards. They're not dressed they as... They are dressed as wizards. Is this it? I didn't make it up. Ready? But it's they. The, the, this is only the explicit version. Get fucked up. Oh, okay. So is the edited version? Get the, crunked get up. Get crunked up. Okay. Remember it's crunked up? Like, oh yeah, like the act of getting crunk and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Meet the crunks. Meet. <laughs> I have a lot to talk to you about, though, that has nothing to do with this episode. And I have to be honest with you, I didn't think this episode was very good. So. I didn't love it. I thought, like, <laughs> I, okay, so I, let's get to the part that I really enjoyed. You ready? All right. So guest stars dressing room. Linda asks Sam the Eagle if human sacrifice is the norm for the Muppet Show. When she tells him, when she tells Sam that she liked the number, he informs her that she will be the next one sacrificed. So this next bit is what I really loved. Linda sings Rubber Band Man by the Rubber Band Man. Oh, yeah. This I is like this good. This, and it was a good sketch because, like, all those rubber bands. It was like the Labyrinth puppets almost. Yes. And I thought it was, like, set up really weird that, like, it was, like, the end of her talking to Sam segued into her, like, starting singing. And then she sang it, like, out the door and then she's down the thing. She's not known know, like, for singing. She's not. But I thought she did pretty good. No, but... Everything that she's in in this episode is her singing. Yeah. and Or her standing on the side of the stage smiling. And like I said, smiling. Meg, she did a variety show that aired in January of 1980. So I wonder if this was an attempt at a pivot or something. You know, she didn't want to be Wonder Woman anymore, obviously, because she doesn't dress as Wonder Woman on this episode. Mm-hmm. And she does seem a little pained every time they mention Wonder Woman. Oh my god, yes. Like, I- like a toothache, kind of like, You're you know. You're right, it must like be that this, because... Like, okay, if it was in the contract that she couldn't dress as Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. they would have made up a different superhero. That show for her. only ran for like sixty episodes, which is also absurd to me that it had such a huge impact yet such a small footprint. Well, it's like you one know? of those things though, where like the idea is better than the execution, yeah. and it's like the aesthetic well, was really good, but I can't imagine. Even that. okay, so season one of the Wonder Woman. Do you know about this? Season one of Wonder Woman is about World War Two. And then the show got canceled by ABC. Wait, isn't CBS... Captain America about World yeah. War Two? Yeah, CBS can ABC cancels the show, and CBS picks it up and retools That's, the that show. That sounds about right. I know, right? <laughs> CBS retools the show to being about Wonder Woman now in the seventies, in the end, in the late seventies. Oh, like women's lib, yes. Wonder Woman. So it's like they took all of that and then they just moved it over because... and changed. The things that weren't working, obviously. Well, was she still like... Okay, so this is about World War II. Are we talking like Linda Carter in that little skimpy outfit in like mm-hmm. Eastern and Central Europe? Yes, yes. She's cold. Put put a, put a jacket <laughs> cool. on. Like, no. 
I mean, it was the 70s, so she probably had on stockings, right? Not not good enough. <laughs> not good she enough. couldn't have just exposed Unacceptable. bare legs. What was she doing in World War II, if you don't mind me asking? She was Wonder Woman. Wonder Womaning. You know. But like. Beating up Nazis, I imagine. And, uh. See, this is what bothers me about this. If you're a fucking superhero and uh-huh. you have superpowers and you have an invisible ship and you are so super strong and all of this stuff, why weren't you exiting us, exiting us people from like ca- the camps or something like that? You're like one on one fighting one on one Nazis. Go right for Hitler. Uh-huh. Go for Goebbels. Uh-huh. Like not some rando soldier guy. Yeah. Or like. Kill Mussolini, hang him upside down on the street. Just go like, for the for the throat. What are we doing? What are we doing? I I just I think it's like thinking I, about it now. I think it's offensive. It. I think you're right because <laughs> what? I, it doesn't make sense not to just go for the throat. But if you do, then you're writing a better history, right? You know what I mean? I guess so. But and it's that's like depressing. Why didn't they? Why didn't she like? Are we really going to say like Wonder Woman could have stopped the Holocaust though? No, you know what no, I mean? I mean, like, not no, she I know, but like, the Holocaust, but in like, this... <laughs> or like the ghettos that like yeah. folks were put in. Yeah. Why didn't she like say, okay, I can fit this many people in my ship? I mean, we don't know that she didn't do this in episodes. I don't know. Even though you're going to, the Nazis are going to see your children being <laughs> flown into the air because <laughs> it's an invisible plane. Plane kids sitting down. Oh my God. I yeah. just think like, I guess in retrospect, it's, it's okay to write that, but like, what were these writers thinking? Like, I don't know. We're going to... Okay, it's the 70s. We're uh-huh. going to glorify World War Two. Yeah. Again. 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 What is Linda Carter going to do mm-hmm. to make World War Two better? Because I can understand somebody like Xena, mm-hmm. like, fighting off, like, one person at a time. Yeah. But, like... With great power comes great responsibility. I think it's a lame, like, I don't know. What yeah. What did Captain America do? And, I mean, he was like a, a spy, a super soldier. Yeah, Captain America. I mean, he was, but the difference between that is like, well, I mean, I imagine Wonder Woman's comics were doing the same thing. Like, they were writing wrongs live. You know, like, those Captain America comics were coming out during World War Two. Mm-hmm. So, like, when oh, it's... It's yeah. much different to say, like, Captain America is and did breaking Stan off Lee these write bad him? guys. Stan or? Lee didn't okay. at the time. But Jack Kirby had been. Jack Kirby. And, like, this is... This predates Marvel owning Captain America when he was in... Um, oh, my God. What was the publisher back then? Shit. Uh, it, it's not entirely important. But, yeah, like... Those comics that were being written back then, you know, by, uh, you know, Jewish creators, too, which is another, like, pretty cool thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they were writing them live. So they could write that Captain America broke up some sort of, you know, cell somewhere or something like that. Yeah, that's kind of cool, yeah. Versus, you know... It's like helping you to cope when you can't even get your family who's overseas into the United States because the United States is like, no. Yeah. I don't think so. Instead of creating... Catholic Church, mm, no. You're right that even like to have the show do it in the 70s, it is kind of glorifying. I think it's... I think it's it's a little... Yeah. And like, I want to know what she was doing. And you know what? It... But I'm not enough to watch the show. So I guess it makes sense that it didn't, it must not have worked. It was the original cancellation culture. (laughs) So stupid. I know. Oh, I have a thing to mention to you, speaking of that. Speaking of cancel culture. Yes. Um, Have you heard about the restaurant in Tinton Falls, New Jersey, that is not going to allow children under 10 to dine in their restaurant anymore? 
Okay, Titten Falls, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. What restaurants are in Titten Falls, New Jersey? There's a, uh, an Italian place called Nettie's House of Spaghetti. And they <laughs> cite noise levels, lack of high chair space, and messes for their decision. I'm, like, so down with this. I love that. I kind of, like, I guess it, it really is a place where it's, like, okay, I can see this happening, especially now. Yes, birth rates are lower uh-huh. because millennials don't want to have kids. And people try to speculate why millennials don't want to have kids. And I'm just going to say straight up, there are many different personal reasons. Mm-hmm. But on a cultural level, yeah. besides the fact that, you know, we're very selfish or whatever, we ha- <laughs> we were raised to have to be that way, though. And yeah. society isn't set up for us to take care of children. It's like, do you want a kid or do you want to buy a house? Uh-huh. Do you want a kid or do you want to go to grad school? Yeah. Do you want a kid or do you want to pursue your career? Yeah. It's like society does not make it easily it's something easy to do without raising up raising a fucked up child mm-hmm. the price of a bag of diapers versus a bag of dog food yeah like and know. then also like there's formula shortages uh-huh. and yes like everybody says like breast is best and that's great but not everybody can breastfeed no no not everyone can breastfeed it's just yeah so. and just i don't know it's yeah, it's a really. There's tricky a lot thing. of it. So so I I uh, the point is is that there's so many of us millennials uh-huh. that now restaurants are being geared towards like we don't want to hear your crying baby in a restaurant. I you know? love the and idea that's of kind that. of fine. It's like okay, there are places that people with children can go to. Take your kid to and then, <laughs> but not only that, but it's like <laughs> then also I hope that those places that are welcoming kids, um, they become sort of like more the the patrons of that play establishment become more patient yeah because they know that there's yeah. going to be kids there's, there um, there's a cafe on route 35 here and i think it's middletown in um just you know down on 35 called the no limits cafe and i believe it's staff like it's house staff are on the spectrum and like folks like that yeah and um, with other, you know, neurodivergent limitations and stuff. And that, I think, is so cool that, like, the idea that, you know, it gives an opportunity to these people to work yeah. and stuff. And, you know, you go in there with the you know, you get, with the wherewithal of having patience and exactly. everything. Exactly. You know? It's like this is this is the culture yeah. that is going to be established here. And when you walk into that space, you're going to adapt to that culture. Yeah. And they're, like, this spaghetti place versus that cafe are two very different things doing very similar things yeah. in that. In they're creating two different environments. You know? Exactly. I love the idea of this restaurant being like, yeah, no kids under ten. We don't need. Yeah. We can't have the mess. We can't have the you know whatever. It's a liability. But for them also too. that they're called Nettie's House of Spaghetti, which sounds, sounds like the child. most childish yeah. thing. Like, it sounds like a child name, <laughs> Nettie's Spaghetti. I want to go get biscotti and some meatballs and. <laughs> I'm not allowed. I'm going to turn 10 in two years and then I can I go can to Nettie's. Go. Guess what? I'm 11 now. I can go. <laughs> uh, guess where we're going for my <laughs> my 10th birthday. So now backstage. The you know ab- what I did for my 10th birthday? What? I think I went to the movie Now and Then. Oh, and man. That, I told you famously I've never yeah, seen this movie. And then um, I went, my mom like took me and my girlfriends out to eat. This mm-hmm. was like one of the only times I didn't have a roller skating rink birthday <laughs> <At> party. <laughs> Where did you go out to eat? Do you remember? Yeah, I You hate this say, episode. I, you don't want to say? No, because it's so terrible. Why? You were Big 10. Ed's barbecue. <gasps> oh, I didn't my be- God. <laughs> I used to love going to Big Ed's when I was a kid for my birthday. It was like a special thing it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I and loved I th- it. I think I was 10, but like it could be like 10 to 9 to I don't mm-hmm. know, 12. 11. Yeah, w- yeah. Elementary school. Fourth. How old are you in fourth grade? 
10, right? To probably 10. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth grade. Yeah. Fourth grade. Fourth Thor grade. Birch. Christina Ricci. Yeah. <laughs> Demi Moore. Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, my God. And I just... My, the best one. The long-haired one. What's her name? She's Transparent? on Transparent. Yeah. <laughs> She's great. Veronica Mars movie. Oh, my God. What's her name? She's <sighs> terrific. Gabby Gabby Hoffman. Hoffman. High five. We did it. I love Gabby Hoffman. Megan, we got to get back to this okay. episode. <laughs> back- I did hate this episode. <laughs> Backstage, the apprentice superheroes have all assumed their the new apprentice. super identities. <laughs> And learning how to superhero. Scooter is learning how to vanish. Gonzo practices saying Shazam. And Link Hogthrob reads how to bend iron bars. Fozzie breaking open a door for his flying practice inadvertently aids New Zealand. I'm sorry. Inadvertently aids New Zealand to see Who has into a, fish a room on his head? by swinging through the door. I loved New Zealand's costume in this episode. He and I like. I'm just glad he's he's a part of this gang, like of you know Scooter of Gonzo. I, I'm really glad. New Zealand's included. superhero scene was very funny because mm-hmm. he's looking at the door. He thinks he can see through it if he concentrates, and then Fozzie <laughs> flies through the door, knocks down the door, and he's just like, "Oh, I can <laughs> see through it!" Ah, like he's such a goofball. Next, the Muppets News Flash. The newsman reports that anyone who says the name of an ancient Egyptian crocodile god, Razil Eved Gib, will be attacked. He's eaten by a huge crocodile. This is like somebody was thinking about like paganism, Egyptology. Like, yeah. What's going on in this episode? It has nothing to do with Linda Carter. No. Uh oh, I have bad news coming up in a few minutes. You ready? So, guest stars dressing your emperor guard tries to warn Linda not to say. Rizolivad Gib. He can't remember the words, but he says it's right on the tip of his tongue. She looks at the tip of his tongue and starts to read the words out loud to his horror. They are interrupted by the newsman who says the word and is promptly attacked again by a crocodile. This episode, Megan, while it may not have been great, it did have some of the best music in an episode. I think this has like the most well-rounded bunch of songs that like are really good. Definitely. Because next, your boy, Floyd, hey man, <laughs> sings while my guitar gently weeps. That ruled. I think so. It was like just a quick little thing, whatever, before our UK spot. The UK spot. So Sam, another Beatles song. Is so that is there... a Beatles song? While my guitar gently weeps? Yes. It is a Beatles song. You're right. It's a George Harrison song. I was going to quiz you on that. Why did you spoil it? Because it's a trick question. I was going to say which Beatle wrote that song. And you were going to say either John. Paul. Or Paul. And I was going to say no. Trick question. George. George. Okay. Let's spill 770s tea. What do you, do you know any 70s tea? I don't think like, so. Do you know that like Eric Clapton stole George Harrison's wife? No. And he was like obsessed with George's wife. Like mm-hmm. obsessed with her. Really? And then stole her. But then I think like, well, she went. Mm-hmm. eventually yeah yeah i did not know there that. was some real i know eric clapton's a piece of shit yeah well so they were like really good friends george was, and eric was eric a wilbury eric yeah i think he was a traveling wilbury okay eric, was also no he Roy- was in cream eric clapton was in cream no i know but was he a wilbury by the end you know like whatever because the wilburys were what roy orbison george harrison tom petty are you looking them up yes okay <laughs> Yes, I am because now I ask Megan to do one job on this podcast. No, I'm. I'm, My head is hurting. (laughs) I'm like, we need to find out who who what who it was. George Harrison, Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan, and Roy Orbison. 
Bob Dylan. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't Clapton wasn't involved. Is me. And I know like Do it do a Bob Dylan impression. Oh man. <laughs> I'm doing Bob Dylan. Mama's in the factory. Like, she, she ain't got, got no, no shoes. shoes. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> we got to get back to the episode again, Megan. I have more things to talk to you about. We're I'm, almost done I, with the episode. We can keep going. I'll give you, give me give me two more bits and then you can go back. Look at Okay, well. Okay. But look at I just want you to look at all the pictures in the outline. How many are of Linda Carter Linda Carter, who what am I from Long Island? Linda Carter. Linda Carter. <laughs> on the side of the stage, waiting in the wings of I the know. stage smiling yep. and just creepily looking at the Muppets. Mm-hmm. Watching the show happen that she's supposed to be a part of, right? Like, So the UK spot, Sam the Eagle has made a list of disgusting items that have appeared on the show, which he is censoring. <laughs> For one, he dislikes all the rats. Kermit defends the rats, saying they do many useful things, such as taking out the trash. The rats then carry Sam outside. This is fully Rizzo. This is, I would say, like, last episode was like, the first cameo of Rizzo. This is absolutely the first appearance of Rizzo. Hey, I feel like Jim, Steve Whitmire about... makes his little Rizzo noises the whole time. He's probably like, I'm thinking about this rat. And we have to celebrate Rizzo, Megan, because Rizzo is from New Jersey. Yeah. He identifies as a New Jersey native. Yeah, yeah. As revealed in the Muppets Christmas Carol. And I'm sure I'm related to him in some way. You think so? He's probably from Hoboken. Yeah. He's up there with like your cousins and yeah. stuff, your uncles, yeah. all that. Yeah. I'm sure he still has a rent control department. Oh, definitely. That he got from his ma. It, yeah, right? if, if his building wasn't knocked down. <laughs> oh, the building is knocked down, but his apartment <laughs> is still rent controlled. It's a rat. <laughs> <laughs> They're building, um, they're going to build a uh, retail space with uh, luxury apartments above it. Could yeah. you believe? Yeah. And the retail space is empty. It's empty. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Piggy stars as Wonder Pig in a scene of sheer terror. Piggy <gasps> and her Actually husband. Actually love Link. this. Piggy her husband? And her husband. I, I'm rewinding. Piggy and her husband, Link, have returned home to find Annie Sue in a trance-like state. Who's her daughter? Uh, I know. <laughs> Uttering chicken sounds. Dr. Julia Strangepork says, It seems as though she were frightened by a chicken. At that very moment, Link spots a giant chicken outside the house. He, too, becomes a victim and does nothing but cluck. Soon, Strangepork is also clucking. When Miss Piggy finally discovers what has happened, she determines that it is the job of only Wonder Pig. She takes on her secret identity and grows several feet to scare off the chicken. I love this. Miss Piggy looks at her adoring audience and says, eat your heart out, Linda Carter. I love any time you, um, like, go and change the scale of shit, you know? Like, it reminds me of the giant animal at the end of the Muppet movie, you know? I love it. And I love that her head pops out from the house. Mm Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And, like, the house is, like, a little dumb model and everything. It's so stupid. And it's just her big, and giant piggy face. It's also kind of bizarre that they used a real chicken. I know. I you have that. so many puppet chickens in the back, real and you used are, a real chicken. But real hens are kind of funny. Oh, absolutely. Because it's, you know, it's totally unpredictable what it's going to do. Like, looks like they had to probably throw seed down on this house to get it to even, yeah, you know, interact properly. Linda compliments Miss Piggy's outfit. Piggy asks her if she's upset she forgot to bring her costume. Linda replies, no. <laughs> this is all, like, solidifying yeah. the idea that Linda Carter has no want to be dressed as as um, 
She was probably harassed so much. Think about her in the time. I'm oh sorry. Think I'm like letting you do the the run through. No, this go. has to do with this though. Um, she was probably harassed horribly. Oh, I'm sure. Set by people. Yeah. Good thing there were no apps back then. And like the costume was kind of like skimpy for its time, especially too. And to be televised, we were watching. They just Star Wars put last beds night. together. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they just put beds together. We were watching Star Wars. Um, which one? Which one? Return of the Jedi last night, and like my wife was like, Carrie Fisher, man, like that she had to wear that costume, you know, the slave Leia thing, and like somehow they must have it like taped down to it at certain points because like how is that thing always blowing and you never see her like ass is never yeah. revealed, you know, like that costume is. Hanging on by a fucking thread. Yeah, he probably sewed it on her, taped it on her. And, like, I was... I watched... I don't know. I haven't seen that movie in ages, I guess. And you realize how much of her thigh is exposed, too. You're like, damn, this is a kid's movie from, like, 80-whatever. It just became a kid's movie, though, in in that one, The Jedi. Like, it wasn't supposed to be... It's supposed to be, like, a family, not, like... But, yeah, that one is firmly... They're like, oh, it sucks because it's a kid's movie. You know, like, that's why the Ewok are there. That's why the, you know, whatever. That's why it looks like an action figure commercial. I like her Hoth snowsuit. And that's in the second one, right? That's in... uh, When her hair is, like, in the thing. She looks really good in that one. She looks... Yeah, Yeah. I like it. Harry Fisher, man. What a babe. Yeah. Because she, like, also is, like, a badass and and hilarious and, like... Just like a perfectly rounded human being. Oh my god, absolutely. So fucking cool. And like so many people like know her from Star Wars, but they don't know her as like an amazing writer. Uh, and she's a fucking weirdo. Oh, no, like, weirdo, in the best yeah. Ways. Yeah, Carrie Fisher ruled. That absolutely. Sucks. It's so unfortunate that she's passed now. I know. Like, and po- I, again, post. I know I brought this up, but Postcards from the Edge, very good. I, it's a book first and then a movie. Yeah. I've never Meryl seen Meryl Streep it. and Shirley MacLaine. But I listened to an episode of the podcast Scott hasn't seen a couple weeks ago and they did that movie. And I'm like, I think I really want to see this you, movie. I, I, I honestly, it sounds great. it's good. Yeah. It's good. All right, so last week we talked about a sheep sketch, and I think we, because we keep doing these episodes back-to-back, we got conflated, and the sheep sketch was in this episode. Oh! It's a quiet day in the pasture. The sheep are happy just to graze and sing the Whiff and Poof song. Their happy scene is quickly interrupted by an attacking wolf in sheep's clothing, naturally. It's Frank. Who will rescue them. This looks like a job for super sheep. So can I give you one quick thing before we jump into this? The Whiff and Puff song, I know personally from the Gilmore Girls, as <laughs> as Grandfather Gilmore was a Whiff and Puff at Yale. Okay. So. Oh, I was out to eat at a restaurant and I saw this. Um, you could tell like the dad was so proud. It uh-huh. looks like the the high schooler like just got into Yale and he was like, just wearing his his alma Yale. mater. No, well his to That's, be yeah. Wait, is alma mater afterwards? That, like, the father had gone there? No, 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 right? no. No, no, no. no. Okay. The kid is wearing it. Like, yeah. he just got in. His dad was, like, rubbing his shoulders mm-hmm. all excited. It was like, that's so sweet. <laughs> I love that. But, like, I saw it and I was like, there's just these things. And I was like, ooh, got into Yale. Good job. Oh, did you see Timmy Good got into job. Yale? Your cousin got into Yale. And I get, like, so impressed by that stuff. And Lisa, my girlfriend, is always like, why do you get so impressed by it? I'm like, I couldn't get into Yale. No, it's it's. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that there's something to be congratulatory yeah, about. You know, deal. good for them. Yeah. You know, you get to have classes with like ten other people in your class yeah. and have a real professor teach you. That's yeah. awesome. Not a TA. <laughs> so this sketch we talked about, we had like looked for briefly, 
and this is when it, it was cut from Nickelodeon when aired when this episode aired. And um, did you like? Do you realize why this was cut from Nickelodeon, right? Like this one sheep literally shoots the wolf in the head with a gun. <laughs> I thought this is the craziest way to end a sketch. I couldn't believe it. Remember when toy guns were allowed to look like real guns? <laughs> not anymore. Didn't have to have the orange, the orange tip. Is yeah. that what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> not anymore. Next, the super goofs have finally made it to chapter ten: How to Fly. Scooter reads, flying is a simple matter of belief. Anyone can fly as long as he believes that he can. Stand at the very top of a tall ladder and say to yourself, I was born to fly. This is a conspiracy theory. The air is my home. Now that you believe that, step off the ladder and float to the ceiling. Our superheroes do not float to the ceiling, but rather crash to the floor. Fortunately, superheroes never feel pain. This reminds me of, like, Peter Pan. How, like, all you need is to believe and then you can fly. And then Peter's like, "Oh, you also need you also need pixie dust. Hang on one second. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot, I forgot. about the pixie yeah, dust. Yeah, the most important ingredient is I, like literal magic. The ability to do this. I'd rather have tea on the ceiling and Mary Poppins. <gasps> I love to laugh. I that's like one of the best scenes. <laughs> it it really is. It's that's one of those contagious scenes where like none of it is funny, but you are laughing hysterically mm-hmm. the whole time. Like the jokes aren't funny, you know, but and like. Mary Poppins is a trip. Like, she get And who is, like, how does she know Dick Van Dyke? And, like, he's a chimney sweep and then he's not a chimney sweep? I don't know. Sweep. I've never watched any of, like, the other... Did and you watch the other movie? No, there's only one movie. I know. Stop. But, yeah, like, how do you think she knows him? I mean, she, how, do, how well do you think yeah, she knows him? I don't him, know. I guess, and how is she, what I'm asking why is she, what, How did she have the ability to float in on the umbrella? I don't know. Not only that, she changed, like, the weather pattern to blow all those other nannies away. Oh, yeah. Remember she that? Blew the, she blows oh, them all away first. That's actually such a cool scene. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of The Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. Like it, That movie is very Wizard of Oz in its, like, fantastical, like, weirdness and everything. Yeah. And like, it, Instead of going to a magical land, they go into fucking cartoons. So Walt Disney, famously anti-Semitic, but we won't go into that. Um, <laughs> not today, we won't. We won't. Not today. <laughs> He's American, born and bred. I believe. Again, Mary Poppins takes place in Britain. Mary Great. Old England, yes. Britain. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was a book? Yes, it was. Okay. By P.L. Travers. British. This is a book. There's another movie where Tom Hanks stars as Walt. I know. And it's about his kind of almost f- demand and want to make these books into a movie. And the pushback from the author of the books that she did not want them to be made into a movie. Because I believe, I've never seen this movie, but I believe that they were kind of made as a coping mechanism for her to deal with her bad relationship with her fam, with her parents. You know, that she created this fantastical character that would whisk her and her brother and her siblings, however the Adopt me! But yeah, exactly. She, <laughs> so she did not want to see this, like, you know, kind of fantastication, Disneyfied version of, you know, Yeah, but you weren't, about, you weren't about to get in, the, in, in a Walt, Disney, Walt Disney's way. Yeah, because I mean, he yeah. sure as shit did. I mean, we know the end. I don't know how you could watch this movie and, like, well, Mary Poppins was made. You know, like... This movie, Saving Mr. Banks, was oh, from Saving like, Mr. Banks was That's from what like called. the what the like the the teens. You I'm know? scared to watch that movie because I feel like he's gonna do the Dutch accent from um, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis that he was in. <laughs> you can't watch him play any sort of character with like 
uh, prosthetics or something. Like, have you seen the trailer for the comp? Mister, what is it? Like a man named Otto or something? He does a weird voice in that too. He's not good with accents. I miss the old Tom Hanks. Uh-huh. I miss Forrest Gump Tom Hanks. That's a weird Hanks. accent movie. Yeah, Think but I can it. stand his accent. In that Do movie. you remember his accent from the movie The Terminal? No. When he's like running through the terminal and he's he's like, I need mustard, mustard. I don't remember Is what Tom country Hanks he's a good actor. To. I don't know. I can't I tell. Know. I don't know. I, I think so, but I can't tell. I guess so. And I don't know about in every movie, but uh-huh. like I mean, I'm not a I'm not a big fan. He created Chet Hanks. And I don't mean so. like a big fan of him. I mean I mean the movie Big. I'm not a big fan. You're not a big fan? Big's great. It's okay. Yeah. It's a weird ass movie. What's I think my favorite Tom Hanks movies are oh god, breaking news. They're making more Toy Story movies. They're making a fifth Toy Story. I think I, that's like my favorite franchise that I think he's involved in. It's Tom Hanks and Tim Allen. I know. Tim Allen broke the news. We need to literally either have Tim Allen on this it's podcast. It's not fair that they make so much money. It's not fair. And they do, like, what? <laughs> Why? This episode is absolutely batshit. We are the worst. We are like. The, like, I'm going to compare us to the biblical ancient um, Israelites and mm-hmm. say, God said we don't need a king, but we insist on David. We, we insist. insist. And uh, we worship idols here. Oh, but we claim to be Christian country. <laughs> Linda sings orange colored <laughs> sky with Scooter, I really hated this episode. Fozzie, <laughs> Lou Zealand, Link, Rizzo, and Gonzo. While well, many things explode. This one was fun only basically because as each character entered, they destroyed some shit as they flew into the scene. I think this is fucked up for Linda Carter, who doesn't want to do any Wonder Woman impressions or like talk about superheroes, mm-hmm. is surrounded by Muppets doing superheroes, which is, I guess, why she's filmed off stage so much. However, why wasn't Jim and Friends more supportive of her? This is I why know. I think Jim is kind of misogynistic mm-hmm. on many levels. Because he just doesn't think about women in this way. Yeah. Just say like, well, let's let's do pushback on like the producers of the show and yeah. how they whatever. And maybe you can do some satire mm-hmm. on like feeling objectified. Yeah. Or there's so many ways they could have gone about this episode. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way that it was executed. Because they didn't do this to Christopher Reeves last episode. It wasn't all just about Superman. And it wasn't all like it was about it was more about his physique than it was about him being a playing a superhero. It's a very Magic Mike. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so Linda tells Kermit that they made it through the show with flying colors. Scooter corrects her, stating, "More accurately, they made it through with flying Muppets." Mm-hmm. After the credits, Statler reveals his super identity, Money Man. <laughs> As I said earlier, when Nickelodeon aired this episode, they cut the Super Sheep segment. Which I imagine is basically because of the gun. Money man? Yeah. I do have a note here that I want to share with you too. A message I got the other day. Message us. A friend of ours was watching the Muppet show, getting ready to listen to these episodes. My friend Pat texted me and said, Muppet Talk, I watched the Star Wars Christopher Reeve and Linda Carter episodes for the first time since I watched them. When they were originally on, which is, like, insane to me, right? The stars of Star Wars. That's so cool. That is cool. So he said, looking forward to your shows on them. In the Star Wars episode, watch for the Upside Down Star Destroyer. I don't think I noticed that. I didn't notice it either, yeah. 
the Star Wars episode was so much fun. It was really fun. I think I was really excited for this triple this Me triple too. block, right? We were like Star Wars, Superman, Wonder Woman, this is going to be fun. I think they were fun ultimately, but it's kind of a bummer that they ended on such a note with this Wonder Woman episode. It was good, but it wasn't great. I don't know. I bet you the next episode, uh, Carol Channing, is going to be insane. Uh, so next week we're going to be watching episode 420, the Carol Channing episode. 420, man! So this is a weird thing now. The Wikia has jumped around. We're following the Disney Plus order, right? Yeah. Wikia says we'd be watching Alan Arkin, but Disney Plus says we're watching Carol Channing. So here's the premise to the Carol Channing episode. Miss Piggy buys a cute pair of shoes, but they're too small, and she can't walk in them. <laughs> I swear, if I don't see her pig feet in we a shoe, I'm going to be so pitties, mad. Those little pities. I need to see her biscuits. She wants to take them back, but Kermit compliments them, so she has to keep wearing them. Kermit she is a com- dick. She complains to Carol, who says she should have them stretched, and gives the- gives them to the gigantic Timmy monster. Who runs around the block in them? <laughs> Timmy Monster is one of those big old whatnot guys, like like green looking one. He's so cool looking. Oh yeah, he is. So yeah, I'm really excited for that. Okay, that's. I like love Carol Channing. This is one of those. I have a video of my grandmother doing an impersonation of Carol Channing, yeah, yeah, saying yeah, "Diamonds are a girl's best friend." Well, we're gonna get to hear her sing "Jeepers Creepers." So where'd you get those peepers? That. Uh, so, yeah, join us next week as we're watching the Carol Channing episode, episode 420. You can follow us on social media at ITTWTM. Message us. And until next week. Thanks for the gumball, Linda Carter. Yeah.